And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life. And if you would like to meet the shooter, Ronnie Gossett, in person, you can catch him Sunday, May 23rd from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. as Universal Championship Wrestling presents the NWO Reunion and Road Stories. This will be taking place at Whiskey's, located at 3069 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 3069 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. The event will be hosted by the shooter Ronnie Gossett and myself, Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch. And joining us for the NWO reunion will be two of the biggest names in the history of the New World Order, Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner and Buff the Stuff Bagwell. They will be there telling road stories and answering questions from myself, Ronnie Gossett, as well as the audience where there will be a live Q&A session where you guys can ask them any questions that you want. We will answer all your questions. No punches will be pulled and of course there will be a special meet and greet before the event where you guys can meet all of us and you can get autographs pictures cop some merch all this great stuff is going down sunday may 23rd at whiskey's Tickets are $20, and you can purchase them either at Whiskey's. You can go physically to the bar to pick them up. You can get them on eventbrite.com. Just type in UCW NWO Reunion and Road Stories, or you can purchase them at the official website, www.ucwtv.com. So get your tickets now before they sell out for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to hear some NWO Reunion and Road Stories.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. <laughs> and you can, as you can hear uh, Richard laughing in the background, there's a reason why we picked this particular song for Halloween Havoc 98, and that is because an interesting I moment happens as in this match. So that pertains to... Uh, some fire. Let's just say, uh, fire, 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 fire. Uh, and it's going to be very, very interesting <laughs> how this is done. And, uh, we're going to basically get started and get some more wood for the fire. And ladies and gentlemen, of course, we are referring to WCW Halloween Havoc 1998. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is, of course, what we call our classic pay-per-view review. How this works is, uh, basically, these are we, we take a look back at classic wrestling pay-per-views from WCW, WWE, ECW. We pick one, and we review it. And, of course, I review them with the one and only Mr. Gator Ricky Ross. And, of course, this is the voice behind Gator Ricky Ross, the one and only Richard Glover Jr who still is laughing his ass off. It's, it's, it's like, let's get the wood. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's a fire! Marshmallows. So, anyway... <laughs> I promise all this ridiculous shit's gonna make sense later. But anyway, um, oh how we do this is we, me and Gator, we do we t we do these reviews from the perspective of not only two people who are fans of wrestling and love the business, but also two people who work in the business and know the inner workings and how it's supposed to be done. Gator, of course, has experience as a wrestler, a manager, a ring announcer, a commentator, a referee, pop the popcorn, pretty much got the indie scene covered. Uh, myself, I am a <laughs> I am a ring I'm a ring announcer, commentator. I've hung up posters. I've worked behind the scenes. I've handled money. I've chauffeured wrestlers. I pretty much get the indie scene covered as well. So Gator and I use that expertise and combine it and talk about wrestling pay-per-views. And we are getting into Halloween Havoc 1998. Uh, this is this took place at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Paradise, Nevada, and of course there was it was the night when good battles evil. That's the best. That was the tagline for this. And before we kick things off, uh, or as in the main event, when Babyface battles Babyface. Exactly. <laughs> so that, that that is the interesting thing, though. That was kind of the irony. But anyway, we're gonna kick things off, ladies and gentlemen, with the first official match. Of Halloween Havoc 98 for the WCW World Television Championship, Chris Jericho defends the title against Raven. Okay, so here's what's going on, children. It's a heel versus heel situation, which really messed me up. Because, you know, I want to not cheer for Raven because he's being a dick, but it's Chris Jericho. So he's the king of all. I mean, Jericho... I'm I'm always been a mark for Jericho for some reason because Jericho's always going to be Mr. Heel to me. But this see the television title back in WCW really didn't mean shit. So it kind of messed me up because this was a good match, but it was for a title that didn't mean anything. Well, here's the thing: it was a television title defended yeah. at a pay per view, which I always thought was odd. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I don't so, disagree at all. And, but, but but of course, Chris Jericho equals buy rates rears in the seats. And rock and roll. Sorry, I didn't know it was in your, I didn't know it was in your you, notes. I'm sorry. You yeah. gotta love rock and roll. Um, so the, the match starts relatively simple, little heat, little little work, you know, little back and forth. Um, there's a huge botch where Jericho goes straight into the guardrail, and I'm like, oh shit. 
Um, that scared me. He went forehead first into the guardrail. Yeah. That, um, that was scary. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was saying that then, was scary. Yeah. Then they were doing stuff with the steps and chairs, and I'm like, okay, ref, where is the count? But it was solid. Everything was kind of solid work on this. Um, Raven is still one of the best promos in the business. Yes. Point blank, end of discussion. Um, but the match ends when Jericho puts Jericho goes over with the lion tamer. Yes. Uh, over means he's the one that won. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I had to. Uh, you, you didn't. You didn't clarify. No, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Um, basically, uh, I'm gonna be honest about this. I didn't like this match. Um, I thought it was okay, but it just had its moments. Well, here was my problem. Uh, I have a lot of things I, I, I saw wrong with this match. First of all, I get that Jericho's a heel. I get that heels do the arrogant covers. Like, uh-huh. you know, the you know, the foot on the chest and the and the posing and everything. But Jericho did that way too early in this match. Way too early. Way too early. Way too early. It's almost like it's like, guys, you had seven minutes and forty nine seconds. You could have dried you could have waited a little longer for that. It's not like you had to go out there and have two minutes so get all your shit in. It was seven minutes and forty nine seconds. That's so that would be the next match. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. Uh <clears throat> But, and this is a question that I have, and Gator, if you want to disagree with me, feel free. Or if you agree with me, maybe you can answer the question. Can someone please tell me how is hitting the exposed turnbuckle not part of the finish? I, you know, I I wrote that down too, and I, all I could think to myself was, was, why? I, I, here's my thing. When Steel comes out like that, I want that to be the finish. I want it to. It wasn't, but I wanted it to be. Yeah. And yeah, so that that bothered me. Turnbuckle, exposed turnbuckle should be part. Should of the always finish. be the fact. Yeah, yeah, you hit the turnbuckle. You're woozy. <coughs> guy rolls you up, covers you one, two, three. If yeah. you're not going to use it, sorry, go ahead. If you're not going to use the finish, don't use it at all. And it should cause color. There should be some juice. Yeah. Uh, blood. Yes, blood. If if they allow blood. If they allow blood, but we're in the pussy. That's what PG stands for, pussy guidance. Well, yes, but um, you also well, Gator, there's another thing you have to take into account. Uh, certain places, uh, like like where you live, if well, you bleed Virginia it off, as well. Yeah, Virginia and doesn't in... allow blood, so you got those no. situations. So no, not unless you've been tested and shit. But exactly. yeah, I agree. But well, North Carolina, thank God. Yeah, exactly. Like if if you're in this, if you're in a place like I don't know where Vegas is, I don't know what Nevada's stance on bleeding is. I, but... I don't either, or the commission. Um, I, I yeah. do know in my state, we uh, if you bleed, um, you must wrap it up within two minutes. Yeah, I I think in Georgia there may or may not be a blood policy. I know if there is one, we made we had to make it up for the sake of a uh, finish one time. Um, on one of the shows we did, I won't say which one because I don't know if it's coming out yet or not. But we had an oh. incident where um we were gonna we had a finish where a guy in the locker room bladed beforehand, you know, and and kind of stitched it up a little bit so it could mm-hmm. be reopened. But they were do this thing where this girl was where the where this valet was gonna scratch his head and he was gonna bleed. And we were going to say that due to uh, a Georgia state law that says you cannot bleed inside the ring, we were going to dis- we were going to get him disqualified so the guy could, so the bad guy could get his heat and he could win. Right. So and we did that. And the guy lost his mind. The crowd booed. The re- the baby face ripped the microphone out of my hand and said, "Do I look like I lost this match?" Like he got pissed. It was great. Oh, that that sounds like a beautiful spot. Oh, it's a beautiful spot, and it was great because 
uh, even though I knew it was happening, here's how great it was executed. And I don't know if the camera guy caught it or not, because I won't until it comes out. But you can see the referee clearly turn to me as I'm running towards the ring after the bell rings, and he tells me everything. And then I say it to the crowd. Right. Oh, so, that's beautiful. So we executed that. <clears throat> like, we executed that so well, you would have thought it was WWE. Like, we executed it that well. Wow. From the referee to me to the to the reaction in the ring, the crowd, everything. It was great. So in those cases, so some, I don't know. So I don't know what the bleeding law is in Georgia or not. But if it whether or not you can't bleed, but if you can, we made it up for that spot. So I don't know. You'll have to check the the commission. I'm never in a situation where I get color. So until I do, I'll never know. Um. But anyway, so that like that also. I gotta put Bobby Heenan on blast for a second. Oh God. Uh, at one point in the match, I can't remember how it happened, but I hear this quote from Bobby Heenan. That's the longest six inches of his life. Really? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? I, I wrote that down. Really, too. Bobby? Seriously? Did you forget what? Did you forget your client, your your target audience? Did you, did, Bobby? Did you forget Virgil's in another match? <laughs> Oh my, it's like, really, dude? Seriously? You're supposed to be the brain. No, it's the... Clearly no, you didn't use it that no, I think he's the dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. Moving on. But I'm moving uh, on. I'm moving on. So I just had to talk about that. But speaking, also, of, speaking of things that are that are short. No, uh, no, no. Oh, wait, are you moving on to the next match? I was. I'm not done yet. Fuck. Uh, here's another thing I have. This is my this is my biggest complaint. Now, if you heard our recap of Fall Brawl 98, you already know what I'm talking about here. But I got to say it right now. This is the second pay-per-view in a row where someone has <laughs> kicked out of the Even Flow DDT. I can't yeah. be the only one pissed about this. You are. I'm like, dude, are you trying to not take this guy seriously? I'm watching people yeah. just kick out of this move like it's nothing. No foot on the rope, no anything. Just he hits a dead center middle of the ring, guy kicks out. How am I supposed to see Raven as a threat if you can easily kick out of his finish? You're not. This was the buildup to the storyline where Raven's mom comes in and disproves him being the okay, cause... underprivileged kid who grew up with, you know, being and da 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 da, you and, know, being abused and all that, and you come to find out that he had a Ferrari and he was a rich kid and he's had everything in life. Yeah, and then he's again, a fraud. Oh yes, but and, it, it didn't go in that direction. Yeah, and then of course we have the the classic: the second Jericho hits the lion tamer, Raven almost immediately taps out. So yeah. it was this whole match was it was not a great opener. It was anticlimactic and a waste of time. I didn't enjoy it. I expected better from these two, and I didn't get it. Uh, anyway, Gator, you can go on the next match now. Um. Well, children, <laughs> it is time for our six-inch main event. <laughs> <laughs> A six-inch match. Um, this was Ming versus Raph, and it was just filler. Really, that's all it was. Yep, four minutes and twenty-three seconds. Um, did you have anything to say about this, or can I go? It's just filler. I all mean, right. there's there's not really anything to say. Okay, here's what I have to say. At one point in the match, Raph did a cannonball. Why? I, it looked good for a big guy. That was about it. Did did, did, did no cause for it. None. Didn't need to be there. Uh, I thought it was a great big man match. I thought the meltdown, his pump handle slam finish, was impressive. It was a very quick match, so not a lot of amazing spots, but here's what I liked about it. It was believable mm -hmm. and got the job done. I believed in what I saw. Right, and I and I enjoyed that. Yes. And, so, and that's really all you can say about it. There's not much else you can say. Absolutely. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. God help us all. Um... The first of God Help Us All. Yes. Disco Inferno versus Juventud Guerra. 
Go ahead, because I know I know where you're going with this. Okay. Um. First thing I want to talk about, and Gator, I want to get your thoughts on this. Oh, um, I know G- Gator has a thing about about people outside the business using industry terms. Mm-hmm. I've told him that it's something he needs to kind of work on, but still it bothers him. Um. It, it, but it another thing that we that I've learned, or at least I learned, was to not say industry terms while you're doing commentary. Oh God. I have made this mistake only once in my life. I was I was then told that I did something wrong. I apologized. They forgave me. They moved on. Haven't done it since. But don't at one you point, ever, don't you ever let me catch you. I got it. It's not. I, like I said I did it once. It ain't gonna happen again. It was a long time ago. But Tony Schiavone says uh, says a phrase at one point, and I want to get Gator's thoughts on this. At one point, Tony Schiavone used the words, and I quote, "Stooging off." Your thoughts. Can we remove all the sharp objects? I'm not in your room, so you ha- you would have to do that. Um, oh god, I oh boy, you the what? You the Tony Schiavone fan? I know. Uh, I I'm not okay with it, but you the Tony Schiavone fan? Uh, I I think it, I think he I think and I, he probably got reprimanded because Bobby probably said something. Yes, I think that at this stage in Tony's broadcasting career, he he's, should know better. Well, not he's, he's he. Uh, exactly. He's not young at this point. Yes. If he was young and he did it, that's different. Like it's like we said earlier when we did the bunkhouse with Baby Doll. She was kind of green as a valet, so we gave her a pass for her for her mistakes. Tony know better. At this point, you know better. Tony know a lot better. You should be smart to this by now. So yeah, Tony, that that was a bad move on Tony's part, and I never would have caught it if I didn't know industry terms. That's what's interesting. I would have thought he was just talking. Also, I, and I didn't talk much about this in Fall Brawl because I wanted to save it for Halloween Havoc. Oh, God. As a kid, I enjoyed this. As an adult, I realized Juventud Guerrera is not as great as I thought he was. This guy is basically like Juventud Guerrera is to WCW what Ricochet is to Raw. Spot Monkey. Yes, it's basically a Mexican Ricochet. And I don't even know. And then again, Ricochet might be Mexican or Puerto Rican. I don't fucking know. Point is, it's it's terrible what I'm watching here. Juventud Guerrera really is not that great a wrestler. <coughs> he is so smoking mirrors. It's pathetic. First of all, he does oh. that thing. He does that that cruiserweight spot. You see a lot where he takes the knee and puts it on the back of the guy's head and does that stupid fucking flip. You see him botch it and then reset and do it again on live pay-per-view. <gasps> Pathetic. He's dashing. Also. You said he's smoking mirror. He's dashing. Yes. Yeah. He's Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm dashing with the remote trying to fast forward through this shit. Um, so then he does the monkey flip to the floor. Then Hooventude does a little hurricanrana head scissor takedown move where he almost breaks Disco's neck. And then, here's the thing. I love Disco Inferno. I don't care what nobody says. That motherfucker was entertaining and he could work. You can't tell me anything otherwise. He is a great worker and he is widely underrated. However, there was one spot Disco did that I thought was stupid. Mm-hmm. At one point, Disco hits a move. I can't remember what it was. Macarena. Not even the Macarena. I thought that was entertaining. Oh, oh no, no, no. I shit on that one. You can shit on it later. I'll, g- I'll give you a chance. But here's the thing. Disco's about to go for, is about, hits a move, and he's about to go for a cover, realize he's moving too fast, and just takes a bump. And then slowly crawls over for the cover. It's like, I, I turned into Cat Williams. I was like, motherfucker, you know I can see you? <laughs> I-, I saw you just, no, what? That was the dumbest thing I ever saw. 
-hmm. You might as well have just covered him. It was dumb. That was a stupid-ass move, and that was the only dumb thing I saw Disco do. Now, after this, uh, Hoobatoon, you're showing off that he's very much a spot monkey, and huh? this is another thing, and I'm gonna put Hoobie on blast on this too. Gator, maybe you can answer this to me. What's the deal with wrestlers when they go to pin somebody, and they pin them like they're doing a goddamn 69 in the middle of the ring? I don't get why wrestlers do that. First of all, it doesn't hold anyone down. It's a Mexican thing. And B, it looks really gay. Especially in a sport that people already criticize for being gay. Being gay, you know. It's a Mexican thing. Well, uh, someone needs to tell Hoobie, you in America. It's Mexican-American. Yeah, let me tell you something. A wrestler does that kind of pin to me. I'm kicking out before the ref even comes down to make a three count. I don't care if you hit me with your finish. I don't care if I get my ass chewed out in the back later. I would rather get yelled at by a promoter for exposing the business than have fans snap pictures of me, and that ends up as a meme on the internet. Fuck it. I'll take the ass chewing later. Yeah, I mean, shit happens. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, really, honestly, and I forgot I was, I forgot I was me and not, uh, in gimmick, so <laughs> I apologize for that quick. We've been, so we've been doing other things, and to break kayfabe, and I was Gator, now I got to be me. Yeah, so it's cool, you know, we're bouncing back and forth, but I'm just saying I've, I've never liked that pinfall thing ever. Like, no, ever. not in I, a... I hate it, it's... It's god awful. It's disgraceful. It's disgusting. I can't. I can't sit through that. I just can't do it. It's. It's fucking terrible. All right. So anyway, overall, eventually, Disco Inferno hits the pile driver, gets the win on Hoovy, and, and it was a fantastic pile driver. By beautiful, the way. That, beautiful. That was probably, with the exception of Jerry Lawler, one of the best pile drivers I've seen in a while. Yes, and Disco. Like I said, Disco is a fantastic worker. Um, very underrated. And you got Disco who's underrated and Hoovy who's overrated. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. Uh, <laughs> Alex oh Wright versus Fit Finley. I'm not allowed to make a joke. Okay. I, I, I'm not allowed to. Okay. But but he is German, so. <laughs> yeah. He ha yeah, he has his own dance called the Arendale Strut. But anyway. Oh, boy, children. Yes. Yeah. Um, this This match was... I hated the fact that there was boring chance during it because it, it didn't deserve that. It was short, sweet, and to the point, and it was filler, but it, it did what it needed to do. Exactly. And the thing is this. Alex Wright happens to be a very decent worker when he isn't dancing like an idiot. Agreed. Yes. Um, and also, and I want to know if I was hearing things or at any point in the match, did you start to hear the sound of tweeting birds? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I literally felt like like somebody got hit in the head, and all of a sudden I heard tweet tweet tweet. Like I heard the sound of like the tweeting birds that go around somebody's head when they get knocked out. <laughs> I heard it like twice, and I'm like, what the fuck? I even rewind it, and I heard it again, and I was like, what the fuck? Are, are they piping in <laughs> tweeting sounds? I maybe. What I, the I, fuck? I didn't hear this. I couldn't tell. Well, if it was I couldn't tell if it was coming from the crowd or the production truck. I'm sorry. Either way, this was fucked up. Either way. Um, but yeah, so it was fucking weird. Um, although I will say um, Fit Finley brings the reality back with some old school like brawling and submission. So I thought it was smart working from the part of both these guys. Yes. 
Yes, it was great. It was. <laughs> oh my goodness, boy! Alrighty then. <laughs> All right. Okay. So anyway, uh, Alex what? Wright uh, gets the pin. Why did was? That... <laughs> what? Alex Wright gets the pin, and now I. Okay, so I pulled it up. I now hear the birds. You hear the birds? Okay, there we go. You hear the birds? You're not insane. I'm not insane. Okay, good. I was like, what the fuck? I could have sworn, like, why the fuck do I hear the sound of tweeting birds? Because you're on drugs, but apparently you're not on drugs. Oh, yeah, exactly. So anyway, Alex Wright gets the pin, wins the match. Uh, it was decent. It was like five minutes and nine seconds. It was, like, it was, it was filler, and that's all it needed to be, and that's all it was going to be. Yes, and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have Perry Saturn versus Lodi. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> um, This was not supposed to be what this match was. It was supposed to be Perry Saturn versus Eddie Guerrero. But Eddie was uh, having vehicular transportation issues, a.k.a. he missed his flight, a.k.a. he was drunk because this is what Eddie did back then. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well... That's true, yeah. Yeah, so it, things didn't things didn't go the way that that uh, that Eddie wanted them to. But Lodi filled in because the pay per view before, which was Fall Brawl, they had their whole angle. So it was kind of a return revenge match, and it was it was very plain. Yeah, like just plain. It was just there. Yeah, here's how I looked at it. Uh, what I liked most about this, and I also learned this from working with him, uh, mm. Lodi when he doesn't like his, I like the fact that Lodi didn't like his signs being touched. Like he went back to get him and came. That back. was great. That was a good. That was a really good touch by him. Yes, but it, it, it was basically a squash match. Yeah, but here's how, here's what I've learned about Lodi, and I've learned this because I've I've seen him work as a face, and recently I've seen him work as a heel. And I think we're gonna keep him as a heel for a while in UCW, but. Um, anyway, Lodi, uh, when he's a face, he hands the signs out to the people. Yes, when he's a heel, he doesn't, nobody he, touches him. Nobody touches him. When he's a heel, he keeps them for himself. Doesn't yes, and I don't out. blame him. Yeah, it's great. And if you touch his signs, he freaks out. So it's great. And also, you learn Saturn is a very decent striker and kicker. I thought he was very good in the ring. He's underrated for what he is. Yes. He dominates the match. Now, Lodi can wrestle, but he doesn't get a chance to really show it in this match. But Lodi's a very good worker. He is a very good worker. And as a wrestling match, it sucked. But from a storyline perspective, it was great as Saturn got revenge on a guy who treated him like a slave leading up to Fall Brawl. So it was a redemption match for Saturn, which was great. Yeah, and it, that's really all it was, was just a redemption match for Saturn. Yeah, and it lasted 3 um, minutes and 50 seconds, which is all we really needed. Yeah, it didn't need much. It, okay. it really didn't. It, it really didn't. It Did you didn't want... need more than it had. All right. Did you want to add anything else? I'm sorry if I cut you off. That's about it. It's just very plain. All right. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. For the WCW Cruiserweight Championship, Billy Kidman defends the title against the Disco Inferno. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Too much Disco. At this point, I was getting tired of Disco. And I actually wrote in my notes, why the fuck is Disco on my TV? Because he beat Hooventude to get the I, shot. I, I know, and I know storyline-wise why, but this, it was just too much Disco. Too much Disco. Yeah. What I liked about it was the fact that it was a very physical match. It wasn't like, it wasn't a spot fest, which I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, but... <sighs> I also loved uh, the trash talking from Disco. I thought was great. Uh, you know, Kidman, turn the music down. Yes, mom. I thought that was great. <laughs> I enjoyed that immensely. That was, 
That was that was different. It it's funny to me how disco went from being babyface to heel within the same show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was great, and um, and I liked that the spot. There were a couple of uh, you know, high spots, but they were done more safely and fluidly than they were then, before. Then your boy. Yeah, because Kidman knows what the fuck he's doing as a cruiserweight. Um. Still, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, Disco hits the pile driver again. He fell down and took a while to cut co- to go for the cover, which was more believable this time than it was the last time he tried. Yeah, to do because that. he was gassed because he had just went fourteen minutes with with an unsafe Mexican flippy boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically nine and a half, but I see your point. Um, was it nine and a half? It was nine nine minutes and thirty nine seconds? It felt with like, the, but it, with with the flippy. Yes, but it felt like forever, and yes, uh, and so anyway, Disco then counters the death drop with a belly to back suplex in midair, which I thought was fantastic. Um, and then so I thought it was a great match, and in the end, Billy Kim hits the shooting star press, gets the one, two, three, retains the title. Uh, but again, it was ten minutes forty nine seconds, and I thought it was a very well done match. I loved it. Vinny, Vinny was a little. Vinny was Vinny was happier with this than he was with the other. Yes, <laughs> t- totally happy because I like Disco, I like Billy Kidman, and they know because Billy Kidman he does spot shit, but he times it. He doesn't go mm-hmm. all over the place, which is wonderful. He can work with God. He can work a different style if need be, which is why he's great. And yes, Kidman's Kidman's very. How do you say this? Um, very versatile. He can yes. go anywhere where he needs to go. Yes. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening for the WCW Tag Team Championships of the world. Of the world. The Giant and Scott Steiner defend the titles against Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. All right. Here's what I got. And I wrote this in big, bold letters. What the fuck? Why is why, why are Scott and Rick even doing this? Because this this who booked this? Actually, that was the other thing I wrote down here in big bold letters was who the fuck booked this? I I don't know who's on the booking committee at that time. I know J.J. Dillon was um the on screen uh like commissioner or president whatever the fuck he was. Well, somebody needed to be shot in the foot. Yeah. Uh just God, this was all over the place. Yeah. And then and then it transitioned so. And we'll just we need to just loop them both together because that's the way they do in the pay per view. So this transitions into a singles match after uh, Rick goes over. Yes. Um. And I, here's what I'll say about the tag match before we get into this. Yeah. Um, would, you need to kind of group them together because that's the way it runs in the paper. It, it, it all runs to get the whole thing runs together to make sense. Yes. So once again, Buff Bagwell did a great job of fooling all of us. Once again, yeah. um, you mean. You mean like to, like making us believe he had a bigger penis than he did? No, I mean us believing uh, that. Side note, kids, I got to see his penis on television. <laughs> He's got a little teeny weeny peeny. Oh God, I don't. Uh, and Buff... Vinny's got to work with him again, so this is gonna be fun. Oh, I'm not even gonna bring this up. Um... What? That you saw his penis? No, that you did. I haven't seen his penis, and I don't want to. Um... Oh, hold on, I'll send you the video. I don't. Oh God, he's gonna send me the video. Of course he is. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so anyway, once Damn again, it, you can't send porn. No, you can't, genius. And I, I would know where to find it, but I don't want to look at it. Um, oh no, I'm sending it to you. So anyway, I can, I can send the link. 
but yes, yeah, so Buff Bagwell uh, came back from an injury uh, on the Nitros leading up, and he helped Rick Steiner out. So now he's convincing Rick Steiner that he wants to be his partner and watch his back, and that he's done with the NWO, he's done with Scott Steiner, he's out of the group. So, and he did a great job, because at, he attacks him again. He's one of the few people that can come back from a neck injury and turn or stay heel. Because usually when you come back from a neck injury, you're a baby face. Gave him right around. Right. But he had so much he had so much heat at that point, it just kind of worked. Yeah. And look, there's his teeny weeny beanie. But I've actually heard people, but I remember Buff saying that he got so many like get well cards and well wishes from people during his neck injury that he almost didn't want to do it. But Eric Bischoff said, we need you to turn heel for this. So Buff did his job. He turned heel and he did great. Now, I will say this about the tag match. The good this, news is they his got, heel turn didn't didn't um his heel turn doesn't age well. <laughs> exactly. But I will say this. Um the good news is they got their heat. Oh, they got it. But, but um But the bad news I, is the, the tag match to me was unwatchable mm-hmm. because all anyone gave a shit about in that moment was seeing the Steiners fight one-on-one. Yes, and that's what they wanted because they were deprived of it in, in the last pay-per-view. And also, and you can tell that because at one point, if you go back and watch the match, when they cut to the hard camera, you can see a, you can see a little girl, like not little, but like a child, like maybe like almost like maybe 12 or some shit, actually, go, actually gets up out of her seat and goes up the stairs yep. during the match. Uh, that tells you right there, something ain't right. Um, also, mm-hmm. the, also the, the one part that I didn't, that my least favorite part of this whole match was when Scott was holding Rick and the giant went to the top rope. Cause, Oh, oh God, here's, I, this is what I like to call an AEW moment. And I'll tell you what, why, a, seven, a seven foot guy doing a, doing a fucking, uh, top rope maneuver. Yeah. Why not? No, no, no. That's not the AEW moment it was not him <laughs> climbing to the top rope. It was the fact that he was climbing to the top rope, but the problem is the giant takes way too long to find his footing and get, like, situated. So at one point, Scott and Rick are just sitting there. Yep. They're just sitting. That's AEW. They're sitting there waiting for the jump. Like, I would have, like, maybe Rick could fight a little bit more. Maybe Scott could have did something to, like, keep holding Rick at bay. And once he got situated, then he could jump and make it look more real. But they had to pretty much sit there. Let us also uh, have a conversation about, uh, you know, certain t- guys that do that. Um, <coughs> King Omega. Anyway, um, not wrong. Uh, you're not. I didn't I didn't argue with you. Kenny Omega's the worst for that shit. He'll wait for the Young Bucks or whoever, and it's just like, why are you? You're an idiot. <laughs> you're, you're an idiot. I, I don't like it. I know Vinny doesn't like it. I want things to look like they has real fight. I, I, I am too. I am very much, that is what I look for, always. And it frustrates me when I, I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 ugh. Yay. Yeah, exactly. So it looked terrible. It basically it, made the moment just... look fake. Yeah. Um, so we get past. Oh, God. Yeah. So we get oh, past. So we get past that crap. And then we get to finally Rick versus Scott Steiner. Then Bill Clinton comes out. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm not joking when I say that. Yes. Uh, and Rick and Charles get hit with a slapjack. By Bill Clinton, which which I think is great. You know, it ain't the first time Bill's jacked somebody. Um, <laughs> nope, not the first time. Uh-uh. And, and, then we get, and then we get the line of the night. Where is Monica? <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, wrestling. How we love and hate you so. And oh. so now what I liked about this match was the match was basically a combination of wrestling and a fight. Scott and Rick blended this together very well. But mm-hmm. now here's the thing that bothered me. It bothered me with a lot of things in, in the overall show. At one point <laughs> in the match, Scott hits a low blow on Rick, which wasn't a problem except for the fact that the referee clearly sees this low blow and does absolutely nothing. Now, now this match should not end in a DQ, but Charles Rogers should have done a better job of not seeing what he's supposed to not see. That's not his fault. That's not his fault. Not his fault. Why is that not his fault? Because there's certain people that shouldn't be doing things in the referee's peripheral. Okay, I can see that. I blame it on the talent. All right. The referee can only do but so much. Yeah, but that was just, that was stupid, that part. But everything else I enjoyed, even Buff Bagwell in the Bill Clinton mask. That didn't age well. No, it didn't. It did not age well. Because all you see, oh, I mean, it made me laugh. But I'm I'm the kind of person that laughs at inappropriate things anyway. We we both do, absolutely. Um, Where's Monica? Yes. Yeah, he's good. And you know he added that shit just because he could. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's a heel. Let him let him he, do it. He ad-libbed that shit. Yeah, and, and as a heel, he could probably do that. So. Oh, no, he ad-libbed that shit. He did. And uh, and on that note, uh, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Uh, oh, boy. We have, disappointment. we have Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash. Oh, no, this isn't the disappointment. The disappointment comes next. I'm sorry. I, I, I forgot about this match completely because that's what it was. Forgettable. Okay. It was. You can't tell me. you. I mean, you don't disagree? You uh, disagree? No. There, I mean, it was forgettable. I, it's still the whole storyline with drunk Scott Hall that bothers the hell out of me. Yeah. Hey, it was one more for the good guys. Boo. <laughs> but anyway, because I love it, because Scott Hall comes out, he's got the drink in his hand, he throws it in Kevin Nash's face, and then dominates most of the match. And I will say this, I learned something when watching this this match. What did you learn, Mr. Budrilli? Scott Hall is the Dennis Rodman of pro wrestling. <laughs> okay, okay, I need to know, he broke his dick? No, no. Because whether because kayfabe drunk or not, when the bell rings, Scott can work. Oh, this oh accurate. Like Dennis Uh, Rodman, he parties like a motherfucker, but when he's on that court, he's the he's the man. Now I will say this: he was not kayfabe drunk during this. He wasn't. He was he was shoot drunk. (sighs) Okay. How how can you tell? Oh no, I got that. I got that information from um from Eric Bischoff's podcast, which okay. I have which I referenced it a couple times because it helped in my research for this. Okay. So anyway, and, and in the beginning, it looked like Kevin Nash didn't want to fight back. Like he wanted Scott to get his anger out of his system, and then eventually, well, no, he wanted Scott to calm down because Scott was getting a little whirly. Oh, he was. Scott was getting a little squirrely, and 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 that was due to being intoxicated. Yes. And then eventually Kevin made the comeback. And my favorite is when he's got Scott in the corner and he's doing the knee strikes to the midsection. Oh, God. And he goes, have another drink. Bam. Have another drink. 
Bam! How about a double? Would you like a double? Bam! Bam! <laughs> it did. So, so, so that made me cringe for some reason. Yeah. Because, and I'm gonna tell you why it made me cringe. It made me cringe because he was shoot drunk. Just like it made me cringe with the Bobby, all of the Bobby Heenan lines about alcohol made me cringe. Yes. Bobby and, overdid it. Yeah. And then, of course, at one point, um, Kevin Nash does like a thing, pantomimes twice, cracking open a drink and then punches Kevin in the head, Scott in the head. Then he domi- then Kevin dominates second half of a match, does another drink taunt, and and then a Scott Hall taunt, and then does two jackknife power bombs, a crotch well, shot. At least, he, at least he went. At least he went. At least he went down strong. Yep. And wow. And wow. then after he does the crotch oh, shot. Oh God, that was a drink. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, no. Yes, you did. You did. You went I, there. I did it inadvertently, though. Yes. So anyway, he does the crotch shot, and Kevin Nash just walks out. He gets counted out, and Scott Hall wins by count out. It the match. <laughs> the match lasted fourteen. You know. You know what happened? What? <laughs> Kevin. La- Kevin Nash missed last call. <laughs> But anyway, Scott Hall oh wins. So Scott Hall wins by count out, and I will say this: phenomenal storytelling. It was good storytelling, but this match just still made me cringe because of because of what was going on personally. Yeah. And if and if you know stuff like that, like certain things will make you cringe. Like, oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Like there's certain matches I can't watch because I know the backstory. Oh, there's one. There's a couple matches coming up where I know the backstory. So. And and you're not and and, and it makes you cringe, correct? Uh, yes. But anyway, we it's, have to move um, on. But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's Gator has anything else to add. We're gonna move on to the next match. It's like it's like any match with Chris Benoit that makes that that makes Mister Bridge rather cringe. Ah, uh, yes, it does. Um, uh, doesn't make me cringe because I because I don't think of him as a murdering suicidal maniac. I think of him mm. as a damn good worker. But anyway, that that's a story for another time. Yes. And uh check out Dark Side of the Ring. I'm gonna have some shit to say. But anyway, yes, um and I'm not allowed to be on there because no. apparently I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna defend it. Well some other people might defend it, but Ain't nobody else gonna defend it. Y'all are gonna shit on a damn good worker. Well, watch and see. So anyway um... shit on a damn good worker. Gator Sorry. Moving on, children. Move on. So anyway. Yes, yes. we're just gonna we're we're just going to uh fly on over that. Yes, we are. Yep. We're gonna cross the face hold into the next match and Yes, we're gonna do like Owen Hart and just fly. Da, on da, over. Da, da, da. And that's why he's not doing that episode either. So <laughs> we're moving on. We are moving on to the next match of the evening. Dear God, help us all. For the WCW United States Championship, Bret Hart defends the title against Sting. This was supposed to be way better than it was. Yeah. It, and, and even Eric Bischoff said that in uh, when I listened to his podcast, 83 Weeks, which I'm, I will constantly plug because it is a it is a treasure trove of information straight from booking. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in how wrestling works in the in the in the booking aspect of it, that is a hell of a podcast to listen to. Now there is a warning. Uh, you will have it's, to sit through some annoying, boring, uh, uneducated nonsense from Conrad. But agreed. once you get past that that dumb fuck, 
Uh, just listen to, you just get listen to Eric. To you get to Eric to and Eric. the smart things he has to say. But continue. Just listen to Eric. Just listen to Eric. Now, I will say this. Eric will make you want to throw things when he uses the word character, which I hate. Um, It's a gimmick. It's not a character. It's a gimmick. Okay? okay. Actors play characters. Wrestlers work gimmicks. But okay. Anyway. The match. Continue. At the, well, no, I'm just saying that that is a this is a teachable moment, okay? If you're in yeah. the wrestling business and you're a young man in the wrestling business, and I'm not I'm saying young man because I, if you're a female in the wrestling business and you're not a valet, then what the fuck are you doing? Um, what you never say I played the character of dot dot dot. Say I work with this gimmick. Teachable moment from your uncle Gator. Okay. Now let's this get... match. This match on paper was supposed to be better than it was, and what really ruined it was the finish and the fact that they had to use the damn bat gimmick. They didn't need the gimmicks. These two guys could work. These two guys could wrestle, and we were not given what we deserved from these two. Absolutely. Uh, I will say this: the crowd was dead for Bret Hart. Yes. And. Yes. Heel or face, this man generated no crowd reaction in WCW that I can no see. No heat, no pop, no nothing. Nothing. And, you know, and even Brett, you can tell this guy just does not care. Like, yes, and, I, and it's, a, it's a damn shame. It is. Like, people can talk about being mismanaged or whatever the fuck, but look, maybe part of it is to blame. But I'm not seeing anything from Brett. It's like Brett. It's like Brett's like they're treating me like garbage, so I'm just gonna walk out to the ring and be garbage instead of going out there and making them look stupid for treating him like garbage. That's yes. what I would. And Sting and Sting had the and Sting here. Um, and I don't know if I said this on our last pay per view review when we did uh, Fall Brawl, but because Fall Brawl was the pay per view before this. Yes. So we really got to see the storylines develop between these two pay-per-views. And at Fall Brawl, I don't know if I said this or not, but I, I hate Sting's red face paint. It looks like he's been eating period pussy. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. Uh, it, it, okay. Um, <laughs> Benny, okay. Benny didn't like the, Benny liked the way I <laughs> described that. Here's the problem. I can't unsee it. <laughs> I can't unsee it. Like I'm trying to get it's the image. It's not wrong. No, no. Now I, I'll never. I, I enjoyed it. Now I'll never get to enjoy it again. I'm gonna cringe I, when I, I see it now. I just don't like. I. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me. I don't like Wolfpack Sting. I, I'm fine with Wolfpack Sting. What I didn't like was the goatee. Sorry. Sting, yeah, that kind of threw it off a little bit too. But... Sting does not look good with facial hair. I'm sorry. No. It don't work. It don't work. No. No, it doesn't. Not with the makeup. Not period. I've seen. No. Steve Borden with facial hair is not cool. Okay. No. No. Or red face paint because it just it just looks like he's been eating copper twat. But anyway. <laughs> yes. Now, originally this was sound like a good match because we're going to see the sharpshooter versus the scorpion deathlock. Which are basically just the same fucking move. Yes, but at the same time, like who does it better, Bret Hart or Sting? There's a marketing yeah. thing there, you know. Yes, and you had you had the ability to do that. Yes, this could have yes. been a great technical submission style matchup. Yes, um, and you could have you could have really you could have really done something with working the legs. Yes, and the match was but it don't so the match. Go ahead. Thank you. So the match was boring and uninteresting. I expected better from these two. Uh, yeah. Here's what bothered me, and I want to get your take on this. Okay. At one point the... in the match, mm -hmm. 
the referee gets knocked out, which is okay. fine, but he's still in the way. <sighs> okay. They do a suplex. He's still there. Like, the, he just stays in that's, the middle of the ring. That's the referee's fault. Yeah. And if you look real closely, because, again, this is the difference it's about, between— It's all about placement. Yes. It's all—I mean, at least, like, roll or something. Do something. Get Stay out of in the, the corner. I always say when a ref takes a ref bump, get to a corner or an edge. Never be in the middle. Yeah. At, like, at one point, they did a superplex, and they hit the referee's legs. So he still ain't moving. <laughs> yeah, because he's because he's selling. Because again, a referee's not supposed to be stronger than a wrestler. Yeah, so in a way, he's doing the right thing, but at the same time, he's. Yes, I think I think in this yes. case, he's overselling. I mean, you you would know. Yes, I would. I I learned this mistake. Now the difference is, I was new to this at the time. I don't know if this referee's I, ever done the ref bump before. I fucked up. Yes. <laughs> I should I should have given you more information in yes. my in my defense. In my defense, you were talking about getting hit with a trash can. Yes, I was. But still, as a teacher, you should have clarified more. But I'm fucking sorry. Yes. Okay. It's fine. It's okay. Fine. It's Go in the eat past. a copper twat. Hey, it's in the past. Okay? It's in the past. So anyway. um, But anyway, so here's, here's another thing. If you look back and watch the tape, and this is how we, when Gary and I say we talk about this not only as fans, but because two people who work in the business, we can see shit. That most mm -hmm. people don't see. And I want to know if you caught this and what your thoughts are. Okay. At one point in the match, when the, the guys are, uh, Brett and Singer doing something, the ref, at one point on the mat, shimmies out of the, shimmies away while still trying to play dead. Yep. Did you catch this? I did. What are your thoughts? Uh, somebody, somebody gave that ref, uh, the Iggy and said, all right, you need to fucking move. Okay. <laughs> um. That's basically what that was. That was somebody trying to let the. I think it was, and I want to say it was probably Brett, because Brett probably would have said, motherfucker. And you could kind of, if you watch, you can kind of hear move. Yeah. Oh, and, and the thing is, it's not the first time um, wrestlers have cussed out the ref for that. Like, they. I, I, I've cussed out refs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got one story, but I'm going to save it for when we get to that pay-per-view, but it's going to be a good one. Uh, it's not anytime soon, but if we ever get to it. You'll love the story. Um, Which, what pay-per-view just to give the people? Uh, no Way Out 2000. 2001. 2001. 2001. Oh, God. I know what you're talking about, man. No Way Out 2001. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. Okay, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that down the road, way down the road. I'll bring it up when we do. Um, way down the road. So every, like, every move they do hits the referee. Now, I will say this. As far as the spots with the bat, my complaint was this. The shots, I hated The shots to the back... From when Brett hitting and sting in the back with the bat looks fake as fuck. They look weak. They They're look the weak weakest. because he's not he's not laying them in, and he should have laid them in. Yeah, but the shot to the face and the shot good. to the throat from the top rope looked great. Agreed. Those I'll were good shots, that. but the back the back shots were bad. I'll agree with that. Yeah. So it's like the man doesn't know how to do back shots. How do you please a woman? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Uh, so anyway, Gator, Gator, Richard, Richard, did I say that like you read it? <laughs> oh, it was perfect. Okay, so anyway. How you can't go 20 minutes? <laughs> I thought you, 
Well, you said what you said ten, but anyway. Um... Oh my god. I, yeah, I said ten. Well, a standard, a standard, a standard indie match is between eight and ten minutes. Yes, and this well, this match was fifteen minutes and three seconds. That we'll and and he couldn't even go ten minutes. How you can't go ten minutes? You go through the one. Exactly. So anyway, uh, Brett finally gets the pin. This godforsaken match is over. Um, oh my god! And just when we thought we'd seen all the fuckery we're going to see, <gasps> we move on to the next match of the evening. Because we didn't start the fire. Yeah, we. You were wondering why did we play that song at the beginning? Well, it pertains because it made to this, Minnie laugh. Because it made me laugh my ass off because of what happens in this next match. We have the the anticipated rematch from WrestleMania six. Which, by Which the we way, we will be covering future. Yes, future. we actually will be covering it uh, on the next uh, pay per view review. Is going to be that? No, no, it's not that. It's oh. is it that? Is it it's that? it's in the it's in no, the near future. Yeah, it's in the near future. It's it's a, it's another round. It'll be another couple of weeks before you hear it. But the anticipated yeah. rematch from WrestleMania six, Hollywood Hogan we, versus. We gotta watch. We gotta watch it tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday, and tomorrow will be Friday, and Gator will be having pizza beer wrestling night. Yes. So the match, of course, is Hollywood Hogan versus the Warrior. Oh God. Okay. This this is this was um this was this was the drizzling shit. Um, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. There was it was like two guys. They let two guys out of the old folks' home and they got in a fight over pudding. <laughs> Not wrong. Yes. These guys are way past their prime. They don't look good. They they both look really out of shape. So it just it's it's, it's kind of sad. So the the moment that we are we are talking about with the we didn't start the fire song. Hogan was going to throw a fireball at Warrior's face, but the but the flash paper didn't ignite when he lit it. No, it didn't. And 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 he threw it, and then when he threw it, it ignited in his hand, and damn near burned his fingers off. Well, it it, it burned his eyebrows and almost yeah. took off the mustache. Yeah, it just it did not look good. It was it was terrible. And Warrior kind of they kind of had to call an audible because an audible an audible. Benny, explain audible. Yes. Well, if you know football, audible is like they got to call. They have to figure out a new uh, finish because originally he was supposed to be. It was supposed to burn his face. Hogan was supposed to hit him a couple times. Warrior was going to hit a comeback, and that was going to be the win. Yeah, there was going to be a whole thing with uh, Gary Michael Capetta was going to use his. his um, it wasn't Gary. The fucking ring announcer was going to put his jacket over Warrior. Yeah, David Penzer. David Pen. One of those fucking Davids. <laughs> it was David Penzer. Yeah, Pinder was gonna put his jacket down, and yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah, so basically, uh, and then that led to the impromptu uh, interference with Horace Hogan uh, hitting Warrior with the chair, which which uh, some people have called which the made most- no sense because it because earlier in the pay per view we we saw Horace Hogan the replay of Horace Hogan and his uh, uncle Love. Yeah, I mean where he got basically molested by his uncle. You know, kids, y'all know. Yeah, I mean. And well, Hogan, and Hogan afterwards said you passed the test after he uh, got the pit. Which made no sense. Well, and, yeah. So what they did was, um, here's the things that I noticed in the match. Uh, I like the There'd fact that at one point they had Warrior on his knees during the test of strength. 
because it kind of had a, it was kind of like a repeat of WrestleMania six in a way. Well, and that was about the only spot you got. Well, uh, it was a slow start, but it's to be expected with their style of wrestling. With their style, yes, because they had the King's Road kind of slow, methodical. Yes, psychology. Style to a, yeah, and... to a big to a big build. It just was no. And and we have we have talked before about I have a very famous man managerial member of my family yes. that taught me how to be a manager. And this gentleman, I never threw a fireball, but he's thrown thousands of them, thousands of them. And my grandfather has thrown a few. So I talked to my grandfather and I said to my grandfather, I said, what did he do wrong? And my grandfather informed me that he, it was not a case of what went wrong on Hogan's part. It was a case of the flash paper was probably damp from sweat. Yeah. And but Hogan's even said he took responsibility for that spot getting messed up. He admits it's his fault. Um, well, it is his fault because he's Hulk Hogan and he deserves to. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, um, he does deserve it though. Yeah. So anyway, the the crowd. I will say, if I look at the crowd response, they were into the match from start to finish. In my opinion, uh, the ref at yes, one point. No. At one point, um, in the match, the referee goes, um to make a count and he is too far away from the wrestlers correct like uh you should be close enough to the wrestlers to where they can at least see you counting so they know to kick out god forbid he counted to three yes and then it would have been a clusterfuck worse than it already was but yeah and it was it was bad to begin but with to me the match was was bad i don't think it was as bad as people made it out to be because no. up until the f- well melter melter gave it Minus five stars. Well, that's well. Meltzer's a dumbass. He thinks Kenny deserves uh, six. All right, so he lost. He has no credibility. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I fucking said it. At least you said it, and I didn't have to. Yeah, I, it's like it's like I'm gonna give Kenny six stars. I like, get the fuck out of here. Because so, I like because I like because I like that he bobs his head like the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You know who else bobs their head like the Ultimate Warrior? My wife when she's sucking me off. I was, I was going to say he likes Kenny bobbing his head because that's what he does when he sucks his dick. But anyway. Oh, well, I was I was giving him a little. Uncle Dave, weed's le- Well, the only thing we can say is weed is legal in California. Yeah. So anyway, the match. So ma- because in my opinion, I thought the match was pretty good up until the fireball botch. That's when the well, match for me went down. I don't even know if it, was, if it was good till then because it just kind of. Uh, it tried to catch it, it tried to catch a time in a bottle. Yeah, which it just did not it didn't do it. Yeah. I mean it didn't. It didn't live up to the hype of the first one, obviously. But as far as a match goes, up until the fireball botch spot, it was like I said, it wasn't as bad. I didn't say it was awesome. I'm just saying people <laughs> make it out to be this horrible, this this horrible like train wreck, and I don't think it was a train wreck. It was maybe well, it wasn't a disgrace to the business. I yeah, mean, it exactly. Was- they didn't. They didn't shit on it. I mean, they, nobody. Nobody had their hands in their pockets and did. Yeah, you exactly. Know, little shitty shin kicks. Exactly. So anyway. Fuck you, Orange Cassidy. Yes. So and then the the one thing I will say is this here and this is where now Hogan went wrong with the fireball spot. Warrior mm-hmm. deserves some blame too. And here's where I blame Warrior. Uh. When he when he finally does make the comeback, where he's like you know doing the thing where he moves his arms up and down and moves his, and does the high knees and then he bounce he's doing the whole crisscross bouncing off the ropes and shit. Yes, Warrior, you know, Warrior went his, way too yeah. fucking fast, way yeah. too fast. Yes, like Hogan eventually got up, but it took him a while to get the fuck back up, and it's like Warrior wasn't even thinking. Warrior Warrior is kids. 
I'm about to blow everybody's perception of the Ultimate Warrior. He's a shitty fucking worker. The only reason he got a job was because he's got a physique. But yeah, so but but I'm saying now, no. I mean, he sucks. He sucks ass. He I mean, he was he was the master of the five moves of shit, and that was it. I don't give a fuck how many you know? moves you got. If you can entertain, that's all that matters to me. I'm not the guy. He. I'm not he the guy can, sitting in the back counting moves. Warrior. Here's the thing with Warrior, folks. This is what I'm gonna tell you. Warrior was a crap wrestler, and the only way you could get him to draw, and he was a, he was an okay draw, but he, the only the only way you could get him to put on a decent match was to slow him down and have him work. And he didn't. He never wanted to do that. So, yeah. but I mean, but yeah. So, I mean, but yeah. Be, but he went too fast on the comeback, and it looked weird. It could be worse. He could be Orange Cassidy and can't, you know, can't draw money with a green crayon. Exactly. So, like, like he couldn't tell a story if he gave him a book. But anyway, yeah. he couldn't book Lassie at a pet shop. Yeah. So anyway, he. So anyway, eventually we get to the finish, and then. Now, this was a shocker in 98, but we all, but I'm, and I'm, now I'm going to use, now even though this happened before this, I'm going to use this reference for, mo for modern fans to understand what I mean here, but we come very close to having a Orton Fiend TLC moment at the end, where it looks like uh, yeah. they're going um, to try and light the warrior on fire. And thank God they didn't, because, because lighting a man on fire makes no sense. But, and here's the thing, though. They did it right, lighting, because people actually came out. Lighting a mannequin out. on fire for the sake of just lighting a mannequin on fire, because you're going to resurrect him later, makes no sense. Thank you. I was in the middle of making a point, but okay. No, no, no. The point is, when you kill a motherfucker, they don't come back from the grave. I'm aware of that. I was saying they did it right because after Hogan put the fluid on Warrior, people came out to stop him. Yes, thank I was God. trying to get to that. Psychology. Yes. So it made it look like Hogan's a despicable person. He was gonna light the Warrior on fire, and then Warrior gets up. He realizes there's fluid all there's lighter fluid all over him. As Hogan goes to the back with Horace and Eric and the rest there's, of the NWOites. There's fluid. <laughs> he was like, duh, not again. So anyway, um No, that was no, that was uh Stephanie McMahon uh after yeah. meeting Macho yeah. Man Randy. But of Daddy. course this was voted uh, uh, oh, oh god. yeah. Oh god. So anyway, it was uh <laughs> It was the worst match. They, they people labeled it the worst match of the year, and you know, and then of course, um, some people know. label it the worst match in wrestling history. It's not. There's it's so many not. worse. There's so many worse matches than that. But it was the, it, now. Was it worse? Now was worst match of the year? Maybe I don't Maybe know. Maybe the year, but it wasn't the worst match in wrestling history. That distinction goes to a gentleman by the name of Orange Cassidy. <laughs> you know, being he's being he's the Hulk Hogan of AEW. Yeah, let's not go there. Let's not go there. We have we don't have a lot of time here. Um, oh no, we've got tons of time. Hog Hogan of AEW. Thanks, Elvis. Yes. Anyway, okay. So anyway, on. um, so anyway, uh, we got all this out here, and then we move on to the main event of the evening for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Goldberg defends the title against Diamond Dallas Page. Now this was a point in time when somebody had to show gold had to help show off the fact that Goldberg could work and Goldberg could do more than just two minute squashes. Yes. He could do more than just run somebody over and hit him with a jackhammer. 
Exactly. So it looked it looked good. Um, it's just a damn shame because this is the match that ultimately put the nail in the coffin of WCW financially. Huh? I said it is just sad that this is the match that ultimately put the nail in the coffin um, for WCW financially. Explain. It was this match was not seen in its entirety as it was booked on pay-per-view because the pay-per-view went over. Yes. Okay, yes. That's what I mean by that. Okay. Thank you. Cuz you just said I'm not saying it was a bad match because it wasn't. this was actually this was actually match of the night and it was it was well this was a well-done, well-put-together match and Yeah, to this day most well people consider it the together. best. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say most people say to this day it's the best match of Goldberg's career. Well, there's not much to choose from. Um, but it is, in my opinion, the best match of his career. But uh, you can also tell that it was done well because DDP scripted the fuck out of it. DDP was known, and still is known, for scripting the hell out of his matches. Yes. Um, you know, to the point to where guys would get really pissed off with it. Eddie Guerrero hated it. Yes. I, I myself don't care for that but some some guys do like to do that i yeah, i don't eddie. mind it i think but i i think it makes sense if you if there's a purpose for it you know if if there's if it's somebody that's like actually has a good idea on where the match can go so i think well, that's why that's dp one, wasn't necessarily and it, bad and it's another it. thing if there's a really dangerous spot yes that needs to be worked through but this match had neither it had purpose, but it did not have it did not have the dangerous spot. I don't think it needed yeah. to be. I don't know. It it the, there's a pro there's pros and cons to that. Do I like to do it? No, I'd rather call it in the ring. Yeah, some people do, and that's fine. Um, but and the thing is, this did it did end up airing in its entirety the next night on Nitro, which upped their ratings. It did, but it also it it was it had to be done because of. Because of all of the, I mean, there was a lot of money given back because of this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it absolutely because fans got pissed off. I would have been pissed off if I bought the pay per view uh, at the time. Um, my dad, but at the time, uh, see, ladies, see, uh, children, children, uh, <laughs> we did not have the WWE network at this time. Um, no, Vinny had to pay money to see the pay per view, which means that in order for me to get a pay per view. One of two things would have to happen. Either A, something epic would have to be happening, like Spring Stampede 99, or I would have to physically get on my hands and knees and beg my parents as I clean the house, make them breakfast in bed, and do a fuck ton of chores just to see if I could get a yes out of them. I didn't get to see every pay-per-view. I had to be very selective because they cost money. Lots and lots of money. And so, back then it was like thirty bucks. Yeah, or so, and which then was it, a lot of money for you know the late nineties. Yes. Or as Vinny called, or as Vinny called it, the years I had hair. Or, or as I call it, the years when there were no PC panty wastes. So yeah, very true. <laughs> you know what I mean? We had to deal with them fucking people. You know, you told a joke, you either laughed or you didn't, and you moved the fuck on. Ladies and gentlemen, Vinny Dice Clay. Yeah. Yeah, little, little boy blue. He needed the money. Yeah, little boy blue. It was Halloween. He needed the candy. Oh, so anyway. Wow. Um, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just wow. Yeah. But yeah, this was a great match, and it just was. It was a shame that it that this this match was part of the reason 
that financially WCW went under. Yeah. Now, I have some notes that I want to go over about this match before we, before we wrap okay, this up. Go ahead. So, go, go ahead. I was just what, I was getting nice spots. Oh, you were. What I loved about this match was the fact that these two damn near fought each other. Like DDP. Mm-hmm. And it looked strong. It looked, strong. It looked it, very strong. They both look strong. Like, D, like th- this is Goldberg, the guy who's like demolishing this people. Versus, this is face versus face as well. Yes. And the fact they're friends. And they even mentioned about the fact that DDP helped get Goldberg into the business. Like, they tell the story. Everything. So, DDP is looking at him like, come at me, bro. Like, he's daring Goldberg to come at him, which nobody does. Like, nobody does that. Nobody looks at Goldberg and says, bring it on, motherfucker. DDP was like, bring it on, motherfucker. And he did. They they, mm-hmm. they they he shoves him off in a collar and elbow tie up multiple times. They brawl out to the floor like and also you know like we said to show that Goldberg thing. can work because people always said like other than a spear and jackhammer what else did Goldberg do do okay uh Goldberg he had a hundred and seventy some yeah match win streak well it was one hundred seventy three before the taser at this time it was something else it was it was a different number but anyway here's what we got. What else can Goldberg do besides a spear and a jackhammer? Here's the list. Uh, standing backflip. Yeah. Fireman's carry. Cross yeah. arm breaker. Hammerlock. A variation of the crossroads. Arm lock takeover. Sidewalk slam. Standing sidekick. Yeah. And I'm sure if and we watch some others, we'll see a few of, more. It's actually a really good, it's actually a really damn good uh, sidekick. Yeah. It's one of the best kicks in wrestling, honestly. Oh, it and that, is. And that's saying, and that's saying something because you know, I for the longest time until kids, there used to be a time in wrestling when a super kick was a finisher. Now it's being shit on. Thanks, Matt and Nick. Oh yeah, but that 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 part about Goldberg having a great kick. Can you say that one more time? He had one of the best kicks in wrestling, yes. Desmond, circle, underscore, underline that, asshole. Anyway. Um, uh, oh, God. I'm not, y'all, that's between y'all. That's between us, but I wanted, I, I just wanted somebody in the business to fucking say that. Now, I know he's going to have some smart-ass rebuttal, because Desmond don't listen to experts, but there we go. Does he, does he want me to kick him? I don't know. At this point. I mean, I will do, I mean, I'll do it. But I'm just saying. So he had multiple moves that Goldberg did that were great. I mean, uh, at, I mean, then again, his son runs an outlaw fed out of the backyard. Yes, I know. He's a trampoline guy. So anyway, <laughs> uh, so we see great. No, no, no. But anyway, uh, we see great. Cha- I'm talking. Okay, so we got great chain wrestling for both these guys. And yeah. at one point, DDP, DDP avoids the spear, and Goldberg hits the post. Now, DDP said in an interview, when they were talking in the back, DDP wanted Goldberg to miss the spear, because he never missed it at this point. And Goldberg mm-hmm. did not want to miss the spear. He was against it. So when he goes into that corner, Goldberg runs full throttle towards DDP. When DDP jumps out of the way, that's a shoot. He barely yep. just misses that spear. Goldberg goes right into the post and hurts his shoulder. For now, real. For shoot. That's why when he's doing a lot of moves with one arm, that's not him showing off. That's him hurt as a motherfucker. Now, at one point, Goldberg hits a spear. Now, Goldberg, again, is a guy that likes to go full throttle. What Goldberg doesn't know about Diamond Dallas Page is he knows how to bump. Mm-hmm. So when he gets hit, he takes a flat back bump the way yeah. you're supposed to flat back bump. One of the best bumpers in the in, in the business, really. So when he spears him and DDP does that bump, Goldberg's head 
goes straight into the mouth. Right into the yeah yeah I I was I was gonna bring it up but you you beat me to it um yeah and it and it just and Goldberg just basically knocks himself out yeah he's wrecked at this point but he can still yeah. go now he's finishing the match so he when he goes for that first jackhammer and he misses DDP's thinking himself oh shit he's really selling this it's like no he's hurt as a motherfucker he's knocked out he DDP is and and, and this is his words not mine uh. He called it Queer Street. Some people call it Dream Street, but I, I I'm down with Queer Street. Yeah, but it, it's been called that before, Queer Street. Um, it's a wrestling term, so it's not anything bad. It, it is. It's Go ahead. But anyway. so anyway, so anyway, he get he does that. Not derogatory. We're not saying that's where Jerry Truman lives. Exactly. So anyway, and then he goes for the count, the jackhammer. DDP counters it, hits the diamond cutter. The crowd goes insane. And then at one point we see Go- we see DDP finally crawl over for the cover. Goldberg kicks out a two, and you see this look on DDP's face. That is a shoot. I'm pissed off. I want to strangle Goldberg to death. Look on his face because and Gator. Hopefully you can. I'll let you elaborate and explain the difference if you want. But mm-hmm. he was mad that he wasn't mad that Goldberg kicked out at two. It was the fact that he instead of, he was supposed to kick out at two and nine tenths. With a move like that, so Gator, I'll let you Me- better explain. Meaning that. he was supposed to, meaning he was supposed to milk it a little bit more. Yes, like barely kick out Goldberg. Yeah, barely kick out. out. It was supposed to. It was supposed to be heightened drama. So he was supposed to give it another like half a second. Yes. So anyway, after this, uh, DDP goes with suplex. Goldberg counters it, hits the jackhammer. One, two, three. Goldberg wins. They do the handshake, all the cool stuff, and DDP leaves the ring. After the show is over, DDP makes a f- tracks down Goldberg backstage and confronts him for kicking for kicking out at two and not two and nine tenths. Mm-hmm. He confronts him. He goes, "Dude, why the fuck did you do that?" Goldberg's answer was, "Dude, I was knocked out. I don't remember shit." Yeah. And in that moment, Paige just started laughing. Mostly because he'd been there before, where he'd yeah. been knocked out, not remembered shit. So he let it go. They hugged, and Goldberg thanked him for the match. And then, and what you're supposed to do when somebody puts you over, you thank that motherfucker. Yes, but he wasn't just—it wasn't just for that. It was for the fact that the that, it, it, that again, this is considered the best match of Goldberg's career, and Goldberg yeah. knew that what the, what was at stake here, showing that he could work, that there was more to him than just demolishing people. So he thanked Dallas for that as well. Like that's where Correct. the sincere thank you came from. It wasn't a traditional, "Hey, thanks, brother." It was a no, dude. Thank you. That was the best match of my career. You really did a lot for me that night. Yeah. Well. Well. I've seen both. But go ahead. Yes. So he get. It was a more. It was more. It was more deep of a thank you than just the standard. You know. It wasn't a standard thank you. It was a real deal. So anyway, that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, wraps up uh, Halloween Havoc 1998. Um, dear God, this was a crazy ass pay per view. Um, but anyway, um. Gator, as always, I thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to have uh, this review. I look forward to seeing you on the next one. And uh, that, that leads on to wrap up this first half of the Boochcast. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you check out part two. We'll be getting into the Wednesday Night Wars with Desmond and Elvis covering AEW, myself and John covering NXT. So make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Support the show through Patreon. And make sure you check out part two. Yes.
Yeah.